The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Welcome to Prognosis. I'm Francesca Levy. Laura Carlson is out. It's day 208 since coronavirus was declared a global pandemic. Today's main story, a group of renegade scientists are trying to make their own ultra-fast-tracked vaccine without all the regulations slowing them down. They're learning that's harder than it seems. But first, here's what happened in virus news today. President Trump expects to be released today from Walter Reed Medical Center, where he is being treated for COVID-19. In a tweet, Trump said he would be discharged at 6.30 p.m. and that Americans shouldn't fear the virus. White House physician Sean Conley said at an afternoon press conference that the president has met discharge criteria but is not out of the woods. An upbeat Conley said Trump's duties could safely be completed at the White House. Conflicting and incomplete accounts from the White House, the president's doctors, and the president himself have marked Trump's diagnosis and treatment. Meanwhile, at least three members of the White House press staff, including Press Secretary Kayleigh McEnany, have tested positive for COVID, as have two members of the resident's housekeeping staff, adding to the cluster of infected lawmakers, administration officials, and others around the president. In most parts of America, COVID-19 is making a dangerous comeback. The disease is hammering rural America and smaller cities and raising anxiety in New York. Experts warn that school reopenings and colder weather may cause the situation to rapidly deteriorate. In 34 states, the seven-day average of new cases is higher now than it was a month ago. Although the virus has waned in populous states, including California and Florida, It is wreaking unprecedented havoc in the Midwest and making a return in parts of the Northeast. Finally, Russia reported almost 11,000 new cases in a day, the highest daily increase in almost five months. Moscow ordered schools closed for two weeks from Monday, and top officials around the country have called on residents to wear masks and observe other precautions as hospital admissions have spiked. Now for today's main story. Dozens of companies are rushing to test and produce a COVID-19 vaccine as fast as possible. But a fringe group of DIY scientists made a bet that without regulatory hurdles, they could produce a vaccine themselves a whole lot faster. But as Kristen V. Brown reports, they learned that making a vaccine that works reliably and can be proven safe is incredibly difficult.
Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. All right, so anyway, um, here we go. I'm here with the greatest of all time, Michael Jordan. <laughs> I'm ready to go. Josiah Zaner is about to inject himself with his own DIY coronavirus vaccine. Josiah is a former NASA scientist turned biohacker, and he's live streaming his experiment on YouTube. He's on screen in his makeshift Oakland lab wearing blue gloves and a Michael Jordan jersey. Josiah is cleaning off his shoulder where he plans to stick the needle. Two collaborators join him on screen, and they are also preparing to inject themselves with the vaccine. Ready? I got 2.5 in my syringe, and then I'll do another 2.5. All right. Here we go. The two other participants follow him. One of them, Daria Donseva, a Ukrainian biohacker, has a friend inject her. She doesn't like needles. Ouch. Needles. I do not like needles. Josiah is known for this kind of stuff. Years ago, he left institutional science for biohacking. He has done all kinds of experiments that should probably come with a don't-try-this-at-home warning, including giving himself a fecal matter transplant to treat some stomach issues. When the pandemic struck, Josiah saw an opportunity to show just how much a biohacker could do with a little cash and know-how. He thinks things like regulations can slow down drug development. Josiah says self-experimentation has the potential to make science happen a lot more quickly and cheaply. The vaccine they are injecting themselves with is a replication of one that worked in monkeys. In May, a group of researchers published a paper demonstrating a vaccine for COVID-19 that seemed to trigger immunity to the virus in monkeys. Josiah decided that he would recreate that vaccine and then test it on himself in a series of online, live-streamed classes. He recruited two other biohackers, Daria and David Ishi in Mississippi, to do the experiment with him. They nicknamed the experiment Project McAfee after the antiviral software. Here's Josiah introducing the first class. Y'all just want us to inject this DNA vaccine into ourselves, and we've already had it made. So we already have the DNA vaccine in, in sufficient quantities. We had it professionally made. But we thought that it would it wouldn't give much to society if we just inject ourselves with it. We wanted to give more. We wanted to, you know, teach people to fish. So each week, Josiah, Daria, and David would log on to the live stream and explain a little bit more about their experiment. They talked about how to read and interpret a scientific paper and how to get DNA for something like this made for you. For this class, I want to go over how we went from the paper to an actual DNA vaccine and had it made and synthesized and sent to us and all that, all that good stuff. And 
how to get blood work done and antibodies tested to make sure the experiment was accurate. So now let my veins pop out. The secret to drawing blood is actually being able to feel the veins and uh, not necessarily just see them, but be able to feel them. It goes without saying that none of you should try this at home. Be careful. Be safe out there. Don't copy us. After two months, Josiah tested himself for antibodies again. And it seemed as if the experiment was working. Further testing of their blood showed that Josiah, David, and Daria all seemed to have antibodies that suggested immunity to the virus. But this didn't mean Josiah was about to start handing out his vaccine to friends and family. This was the first time Josiah had tried an experiment quite like this. And he realized something. When he looked at the results, there were simply too many asterisks to really be sure how to interpret what they found. These things are messy. That's what I'm learning. Like when you do a drug test on on a human being, human beings, their biology is so complex and that's messy, right? Like the results are going to be messy. The experiments are going to be messy. So like you do 30,000 people so that the messiness kind of averages out. For example, Josiah got an antibody test at LabCorp before the experiment. That test came back negative. But when he tested himself again right after that, it wasn't so simple. You know, I went to LabCorp and I got tested and they said I wasn't positive for coronavirus antibodies. But when I run the experiment myself, it's pretty obvious I have some sort of antibodies. So he did have some antibodies, but they weren't neutralizing the virus. So it's like this weird thing, like... What is going on there? Um, Are they just other antibodies to coronavirus? Are they antibodies to a different coronavirus that just matched? And that's like an example. If we were just going by antibodies alone or something, you know, just being like, you know, did it produce antibodies? I could have just ran a test, you know, after I injected the vaccine. It would have came back as positive. For Josiah, that raised questions about how to interpret the final results. Maybe the reason I have antibodies is because, like, I was already, my immune system was already primed. I was infected before or something like that. And the vaccine maybe just, you know, was like a booster. It boosted my antibodies and my immune system or something like that. Right? It's super complicated. It starts to get. And then you're just like, holy cow, this thing isn't as simple as. We set out, you know, just like inject a vaccine and measure some antibodies. (laughs) Project McAfee isn't the only COVID-19 vaccine project happening outside of normal regulatory structures. Right now, with thousands of people dying every day, speed is of the essence. And vaccines take time. The fastest vaccine ever developed in history was the mumps vaccine, and it took four years. The clinical trials alone took two years. In the U.S., Operation Warp Speed aims to approve vaccine candidates more quickly than ever, but the first one is likely still months away. Josiah's human trials took less than three months. Hank Greeley is a Stanford bioethicist who has become somewhat of an expert on Josiah's antics over the years. He says in the end, while the experiment was interesting, 
it simply wasn't big enough to add much to the body of scientific research. I think one could fairly say it adds a tiny bit of value. It shows that if you do this to three people, none of the three drop dead. That's, you know, that's something. None of the three apparently had terrible reactions. Now, you'd want 30,000 instead of three, but three adds a tiny bit. I think the potential risks would outweigh any benefit you could expect from an N of three vaccine trial. Um, but yeah, it, it added a thimble's, a thimble's worth of uh, water to the ocean. But Hank says there is value in showing what really goes into making a vaccine. So I think there is some value in showing that this is not magic. It's not rocket science. But, but to, it is, I think, useful for people to know that actually making, making the vaccine isn't that hard. It's testing it and knowing that it's safe and knowing that it's effective. That's the hard part. There is a benefit in having people realize that it's not magic. In the end, Josiah's coronavirus trials actually made him decide to take a break from human experimentation. He says it's just too complicated. Instead, he says his next project will be teaching people to grow chicken cells and to make fake meat. And that's it for our show. For coverage of the outbreak from 120 bureaus around the world, visit Bloomberg.com coronavirus. And if you like the show, please leave us a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It's the best way to help more listeners find our global reporting. The Prognosis Daily Edition is produced by Topher Forges, Jordan Gaspore, Magnus Henriksen, and Laura Carlson. Today's main story was reported by Kristen V. Brown. Original music by Leo Sidrin. Our editors are Rick Shine and me, Francesca Levy. I'm also Bloomberg's head of podcasts. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.